You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws that Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or... Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch here, Roger Bell there. Thursday, real ones. We're in the motherfucking building. Roger, last night, I attended Warriors-Lakers Game 5. Mm. Warriors got it done. Bring the series to three two. Going back to Los Angeles, Raja. No, let me ask you real quick. I want to. I want to ask you real quick. I want to. I want to ask you. I want to ask you. Because I've never been to Chase. I've never been to Chase. What is the? What is Logan's go to if he's not down in the press room? Like go to concession. Because at the old Oracle, they used to have these fire like noodles, like a lo mein, Mm. that I would sit up in the stands and eat when I was, you know, with the. With the front office, like what is it at, at Chase? Yeah. It's one of I just let like to know. Um, they got a uh, bake sale Betty's, which is a North Oakland establishment. That's pretty good. Um, that's all I really know, man, because I don't really go to I, the Chase Center. Like media food ain't ain't bad ain't bad at all. So I usually fuck around with the with the Chase Center media food. I'm sorry, pal. I, I'm working, dude. I ain't got time to fucking fair. That's fair. Fucking eat. Just like, you know, in the stands, bro. I'm out here working, bro. I'm out here trying to get content for this podcast. I know people in Oakland when we were at, we were playing in the finals. I don't know that any of them really knew what I was doing at the time, but I was there like in a three-piece suit, you know, all yeah. all, all jazzy sitting in like, sitting in the general manager seats. They had to be like, yeah. Yo, what is this dude doing standing in this line getting low main like twice a game, bro? Yeah. What is going on with him? I'd just be standing there. Ash, it was good. Well, anyway. to, well, to be fair, the Oracle <laughs> Media Dining was left much to be desired. So fair. I understand what you're saying, pal. Now back to my monologue. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Warriors have... <laughs> <laughs> pushed, pushed into the Lakers' leaders back 3-2 going back to Los Angeles. Raja Bell, what are the chances that the Warriors run the table here and come back from a 3-1 lead and maybe bring, maybe win this series? 
I mean, it's doable first and foremost. Um, it hinges on a few things. And, you know, Anthony Davis, anytime you're dealing with a an apparent head injury, that's a very unclear kind of fluid situation. Uh, you know, if, if it approached concussion protocol and, you know, whether his, his baseline um, is one that can keep him out of the concussion protocol. So whether, whether he's available, that's, that's first and foremost. I, you know, if you were watching, there were multiple times LeBron looked like he tweaked his foot or his ankle on one play. And then there was another yep. time where it looked like he was kind of pawing at his back a little bit, grimacing there in the third and fourth quarter. You know, there's some of those things that play into it. I thought the fact that the Lakers hung around as long as they did in a game that really felt like Golden State controlled it for most of it was was a terrible recipe ultimate like end game for the Lakers because you just had to keep trying to win the game. Yeah. You know, like they didn't really concede that game until probably two and a half minutes left. And so you played LeBron and and everybody. Um Golden State can do it. I really liked what Golden State came out and did in that game. Whether they can do it again remains to be seen. But you know, I they didn't shoot the ball great. But even before it, it, that played itself out, you saw them determined to get into the paint. And mm-hmm. Steph Curry, in a lot of instances, not settling for like a deep three when you got the switch, but just saying, I'm going to put my head down and get to the rim. And he was able to score in some of this, those scenarios. Some of them weren't fruitful. You got a shot block. And then in a lot of other situations, it collapsed the defense in a way that allowed someone else to either, you know, make a shot on an assist from Curry or Curry had the hockey assist, which is, you know, he swings it and then someone else makes a play for someone else. And so it just collapsed that defense. And the Lakers play this really nice shell. They're long, they're athletic. They can challenge a lot of shots. They have hands up and they can really board. But when you break down that wall and that shell and you're in the interior of it, um, whether you score or not, let's say you just make a good hard drive and you draw the big across to block a shot and you get it up on the rim. Well, you saw multiple opportunities on the offensive glass for people that that when they're getting eight to ten to twelve on offensive, you know, uh, 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 rebound putback points, second chance points, those those are critical. And I liked I liked yeah. what Golden State did last night offensively. Now they didn't shoot it well; they'll have to shoot it well in, in LA. But I liked the mindset. It, it was interesting. Let me look at the rebounds right now. Uh, Warriors out rebounded the Lakers. 48 to 38. They out re- rebounded by 10. And it was a lot of gang rebounding, man. It was like, you know, last series with the Warriors, it was Looney just getting every single rebound, but they pushed the pa- they pushed it, right? They 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 collapsed on the glass. Draymond had 10 rebounds. Wiggins had seven. Um, Clay had six. Uh, it, it, Gary Payton second had six. Kamal had- Looney off the bench had eight, right? Like Yeah. They were flying. Like Gary Payton's were the were the ones that that I thought spoke to to their mentality, right? Because he just come flying in out of nowhere and just, you know, nope. smack it. You know, they were they were committed. You're right. The thing is, though, they're going to have to, like, when I look at the the Lakers' front line, it's AD getting boards, but they don't have any a lot in t- in t- other than Anthony Davis in the interior. So, like, if you gang rebound as a, for the Warriors, you can um, get fruitful results. And then that, when you get defensive rebounds and offensive rebounds the way they're doing, you could continue to dictate the pace and then push the pace the way you were talking about um, earlier in the series. And that could... I mean, there was a lot of things that, if you're a Warriors fan, you should be excited about going into Los Angeles. Now... Will the supporting cast carry? We'll see, right? Anthony Davis has to play the way he's played. He played last night. 
in Los Angeles. Draymond Green, who yeah. had a, a twenty point, who who had a twenty point ten rebound game, who was actually looking for his shot this time around. I asked him after the game, like, "Yo, when do you differentiate when you look for your offense first when you don't?" And he says, "When you know the other guys aren't going, I have to get my offense. I have to look to score." And he has to look to score in this in these postseason, right? I think he has to look to score, especially when Klay Thompson isn't isn't hitting the way he's supposed to hit, right? Especially when Jordan Poole isn't hitting the way he's supposed to hit. He, sh- I think Draymond should take more of advantage on the offensive end when he sees those chances. Uh, but yeah. his overall point is he's going to have to be good, and the supporting cast for the Warriors is going to have to be good. If the supporting cast of the Warriors is good, then the Warriors have a shot. Not necessarily. I don't know yet to to come back, but at least to force a game seven at Chase, and then all bets are off by then. All bets are off at that point. Well, what was what's scary if you're a Laker fan? On top of what I just kind of talked about, which was, you know, Anthony Davis and what his injury looks like, and so on and so forth, is that you were beaten last night by a team that, for the most part, shot the ball very very poorly. Like they 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 won in a way that that if they can beat you playing that game. And then they heat up, it could get scary for you, right? Like, and I, I would just say that I like Draymond in another space, like not the space of, hey, when my teammates aren't going, I look to be aggressive. I like him in just being aggressive. Yep. Because those shots are there for him. Maybe not the 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 <laughs> the late shot clock jumper where Clay found him, you know, which was a critical shot as the as the horn went off. And, you know, maybe not in those, but in those catches um with no one's on you. And you're not deliberating about what to do. You're just getting downhill. And I saw that from a lot of of, of Golden State players last night. Mm-hmm. Defenders, like I am at my most vulnerable as a defender. As soon as you catch that ball, Logan, as soon yeah. as you catch it, because there is a split second in time where I'm still, you know, either getting into position or 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 working my way to where I want to be, where you know what you're going to do. And if you just do it, you've got me in, in a reaction, like reactive way, right? Now I got to try to catch up where if you let me sit down and really dictate where I want to push you, I'm dictating that action, right? Like now you got to go where I want you to go. And, and that's advantageous to me. And I saw a lot of decisive, really quick catches and just, we're not playing around. We're getting downhill into the paint. And mm-hmm. I think Draymond needs to play like that. And if, if you score out of it, great. And if they wind up coming over and taking away your ability to score, then now you've become this facilitator. But I, I think that's the approach when the Lakers are playing you the way they are. Hey, I'm going to have eight to 10 first quarter points. If you're just going to let me catch this shit around the elbow or, or the deep elbow and no one's guarding me, I'm not going to accept that you're just sitting in the paint waiting for me. I'm coming right at your hip. Clay did not play well at all, right? Clay looked like he still was himself. He was still aggressive still gives you a chance to be yourself in the next game. I'm worried about Jordan Poole, and they need Jordan Poole because last night it was Steph, although you know he didn't shoot it great. He closed great, uh, and, and he set everyone up great. Um, Andrew Wiggins was good. Draymond was good. Clay was bad. Jordan Poole was awful. You're going to need Jordan Poole. That championship team you know, was Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Jordan Poole, offense. For the most part, count on them. They, Jordan Poole looks like something has gotten into his head. He looks like he's second guessing. He looks like he's trying to make it happen. Yeah. And and usually when you're pressing like that as an offensive player, it doesn't happen. You just got to 
don't second guess, bro. Just go out there and let it ride. Shoot your shots. Play the way you played all year. And and that was kind of, remember when you asked me about the shot and what do you do to him after that shot, that, mm-hmm. he, that uncharacteristic shot? And I said, you don't want to fuck up his his mojo. I'm not saying anyone in Golden State did, but it looks like his, you know, his mojo's fucked up. He's he's second guessing whether or not he's as good offensively as he's proven to be, you know, over a season and a half now. Yeah, it's been an interesting thing. It's been an interesting roller coaster ride for Jordan Poole this season. I mean, I think from a human element, you forget the man got punched in the face, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And the ramifications of that, right? Like, not only do you after that happens with your teammate and then your teammate doesn't get suspended for that. We talked about this. You got, you guys go to the real ones archives, right? We've talked about this and the ramifications that could happen. Um, and those, those ramifications are bearing fruit right now, right? Like he's still adjusting to figuring out his role in this team and also how the rest of the team feels about him. Right? Like, uh, another thing, like there's always this media narrative that, goes out about Jordan Poole. Who do you think is pushing that narrative behind the scenes, Raja? Like, the people that are in the locker room, right? That are the the, the people, like, if they're going to, if they're going to, if the Warriors players are going to publicly defend him publicly, they got to do it privately as well, right? They got to be the whole totality because I think in a lot of ways, he's felt like he's been on an island this whole season. And, that's something that the Warriors have to figure out, how they bring him back into the fold, right? Because there's no way. Here's another thing that is is very interesting, right? Game four, which we haven't really discussed. Um, game four, the Warriors' three best players all fumbled the bag down the stretch. Draymond Green with a bad pass. Klay Thompson with a terrible shot down the stretch. Steph Curry throws the ball out of bounds. What is that question for? What was the biggest storyline of that game, Raja? Of game four. What was the biggest storyline after what I just told you what happened down the stretch in a in a game that could have tied the series? What was the biggest storyline? Jordan Poole. It was Jordan Poole who played 10 minutes and didn't really have any effect on the outcome of that game. Right? That's what I'm that's what I'm saying, right? Like that's that's where he's at right now. And he's just trying to like he's just gasping for straws because he's trying to figure one his game out and figure out how to not be on an island with that team. And that's that's the the conundrum at this point. Jordan Poole bears a lot of blame, but he is not the only one that bears blame. And, I, and it feels like whenever the Warriors lose, he is the one that is getting all of that blame. And game four is a perfect example of that. All of that can be true. And what I'm telling you is a lot of times, despite everything you just said, the answer isn't to try to figure it out or to get deeper into the analyzation of what's going on or, or the psyche of the team or how I fit into that. The answer is to just let go, like simplify. I'm not worried about any of that yep. shit. I'm not because all of that is slightly distracting and slightly, um, you know, causing some anxiety or tightening me up or whatever you want to call it. And the answer for a lot of athletes at times is to just, Clear your brain, play with freedom, get back to, you know, I watch Jordan Poole play when he's at his best and there's this level of creativity and I don't give a fuck in what he does offensively that borderlines obnoxious at times. It really does. Like some of the shit he he does, you're like, what? 
Bro, remember some of the shit he did last year where he was just like, where he was just in a, just a different bag. Now this year he's just shaking himself. Like he's, he'll, he'll do a crossover and he, and he's falling down himself. I, I watched him last night, giving the ball up to people, giving it up and, and looking out of sorts because, you know, that's not what he did through most of the season. Those people aren't used not to even looking the at the basket, not even looking Logan. And so my point is, the, the answer isn't always to dig deeper into it and figure it out. It's to just let go and do what I do, man. Look, this is what I do. This is what I've always done. This is how I do it. I'm just going to hoop. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to relax and I'm going to play my game. If Steve Kerr doesn't like it, he'll sit me down. But me trying to fit in isn't, isn't really working. So I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm going to play. I'll let Coach Kerr figure it out. That's his job, right? If, if it yeah. ain't clicking and I'm yeah. not making shots, I sit down. But if I can tap into like, 75, 80% of that good offense, man, that helps Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins in a way that, that you know, would, would in my opinion, really get yeah. Golden State over the hump. I'll say this. Like, Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole have both not played well. The difference is Clay Thompson is going to shoot that hoe. He's going to shoot it. Every single yeah. time. He's going to stay aggressive. It's not going to affect his aggressiveness. And that's how you get those periodic games from Clay, where he's it's just going in because he doesn't give a fuck. I think that yeah. to your point, or your point, Jordan Poole gives a fuck a little bit too much at this point. You yeah, know, he's doubting it. He's, that, he's a little doubtful. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's it's like he's just like he I remember when when I was was I when I was a young whippersnapper, right? And I used to play I played football. My dad was taking me to the park. And he would always and there were these trees, right? Cuz I used to play quarterback. I wasn't as good as your son, but I, I used to play quarterback and he would do drills, right? Where I would throw at a target, right? Yep. And when I was, you know, I guess the target it would be a tree back in the day, right? And it would be try to hit 5 in a row, right? And when I would just be slinging it, like I would hit four in a row, pop, pop, pop. But on that fifth one, I would do, you know, where you, where you, where you kind of try to will the ball in and you aim it and you would yeah. miss it every single time. Jordan Poole is on that fifth tree, aiming the ball, trying to hit it very perfectly. But he's doing that every play right now because all the shit that I just discussed at the beginning. But also, there's another argument to this is that this is the league, man. Like, this is the NBA, you know? Everyone is going through this, but but through some way, shape, or form. The key is to how are you going to overcome that? Because we all got shit, right? Like, th that always happens. That's the league. Like, fucking Raja, you've done this. You've been through, you know, this, this media cycle before. It's ugly, and it's unfair. Yeah. But you still got to go through and, and win that game, and you still got to just fucking overcome that. Absolutely. You're describing pressure, right? That fifth throw was pressure. There was pressure associated yeah. with it that the first four didn't have. And so, yeah, when you get tight and you try to will something to happen, a lot of times you can get in your own way. And so the answer to coming out of funks like that, that players get into isn't, isn't universal in terms of like, you know, everyone just go out there and feel free offensively. Like that wasn't my answer because I wasn't that kind of player. The, the answer lies in what kind of player you are at your core. Who are you? What do you do? What makes you tick? For me, it was energy, right? So whenever I would get in my own head and start missing a bunch of shots and start worrying about my shot and trying to aim my shot, I just had to forget about my shot and say, you know what? 
It's not why you're here anyway, man. Like, let's go out there and run a thousand miles an hour. Let's guard the shit out of some people. Let's rebound the hell out of the ball, take a couple charges. And then I got back to being me. And when I got back to being me, everything just kind of relaxed and fell back into place. Boom, there went a shot. And you're like, oh my God, there goes another shot. And you're like, oh, it's working again. And so Jordan Poole's not an energy guy. What Jordan Poole plays with, in my opinion, is, is an offensive swag and a kind of like, like a hogo bonito, if you will, like for to, to take a soccer term, right? Like they've got this real, this real like flavor to their all. No, but that's the way he plays. So just get to it. Like, I don't give a shit what the stage looks like. Just let's get in the bag. Let's, let's see what it looks like. I'm not telling you to pull, you know, 35 foot threes, but let's dance a little bit, my boy. That's what you do. Let's dance. And if it doesn't work, Steve Kerr's going to sit your ass down anyway. So just go out there and be you, man. Get back to what makes you you. And that gives yourself the best chance of being good and ultimately would, would help Golden State be the best version of themselves. We'll see what happens, man. Uh, I want to go to the Lakers' point of view. Anthony Davis got a head injury midway through, this, through the game, right? Um, looked pretty bad. Did it live? Yeah, it looked, it looked like that was a fucking bow. I don't know, man. I don't, I do, I don't play in the... Hey, hey. I'm not going to do it. I am, do it. I, I am Logan Murdoch, staff writer of The Ringer, not Logan Murdoch, 16-year vet, NBA vet. No, I'm sure you know he got, what I'm saying? I'm sure right? he got, no, I'm sure. There's no way to tell. He got like dinged. Head injuries are no joke. He got dinged. He got dinged. I'm not going to do he that. Got I'll just dinged, say this. Right? Because, I'm not questioning. It didn't look like a bow, though, Logan. It looked like he got hit by my man's forearm. And it, it did catch him in the temple. And, it, and I'm sure he was woozy. But my first gut reaction was that didn't look like a vicious blow to the head. Well, Anthony Davis's bell got rung, Raja. And it seemed like Lakers brass and everyone around the Lakers were very quick to say that it wasn't a concussion, even though the man went to the locker room in a wheelchair. <laughs> Bro, don't Roger's, You guys can't see Roger's face. Roger is beside himself. I don't know if he's going to do the rest of the pod. I don't know if, I don't know if we're here. You said he, the, went he, to the, he went to the locker room in a wheelchair? Yeah, he went to the locker room in a stop wheelchair. Playing, stop yes. playing. Stop fucking playing with me. Stop That's what happened. He went, to the, he went to the locker room in a wheelchair. <laughs> and the Warriors, the Lakers, excuse me, were very quick to say uh, initially there were no signs of a concussion. He was just a little woozy and ended the and ended and just that ended his night. So we'll see what happens. Like going into game six, my, I think he's going to play, but this is just a lot, Roger. This is a lot from the whole Anthony Davis experience. And I feel like if he was, I don't know. I feel like if he was good, he would go back out and play. I feel like this is a more serious thing than people are letting on. And I, all that to say, I still think he's going to play. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm sure his bell was wrong. I don't, I don't think he's concussed. I don't. I'm, I mean, I saw him walking out of the arena last night. He ain't looking concussed. Now, here's the crazy thing about concussions, though, and in all fairness, like those symptoms can pop up today. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could, they could pop up later in the evening, you know, so you, it, it really is a, a kind and of concussions touch and go, fucking wait suck, and see. man. They suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not making light of those at all. And so, but I don't think he's concussed. And I think, I think he'll be fine. Though You'll have to wait and see, though. And the reason, the reason the Lakers did not touch the word concussion is because it immediately puts into play concussion protocol. I don't know what it is in the NBA versus the NFL right now, but you want to stay as far away from that as possible because you don't control it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like if you get no, too know. close to it and and you know that third 
party who's supposed to be impartial steps in and says, oh, we're talking, we're talking head injury. We're talking concussion. Well, remove yourself, Lakers brass. Remove yourself, AD. You've got nothing to do with this. Let's make our independent evaluation. Boom, concussion protocol. You're in trouble. So if, if, if he wasn't presenting any kind of, yeah, you don't want to touch the word concussion just for that reason, you know? And the Lakers, uh, say this game goes seven or the series goes seven, you have a game in between both games. If you get diagnosed with a concussion, you damn near out of the series, bro. Lakers don't yeah. want that. It's just interesting. Like the Lakers need AD in the worst way, man, because LeBron, I don't know. Like, I know he can get to that gear, but it's tough for him to sustain that gear, man. Like, there was a, I don't know if he can, like, say if AD doesn't play Friday, that's going to be tough. I don't know if LeBron can, based on what I've seen from him in this postseason, can do much if AD's not in the, in the, not to say he can't do much, but it's going to be hard to overcome this Warriors team with this aging LeBron at this point in his career. That would be tough. They need AD. They they do need AD. And I think that's that's fair. And it's not taking anything away from LeBron. LeBron's most like prolific scoring outbursts this year haven't always translated into wins the way that when AD has his prolific offensive nights translates into wins, right? Like so I think LeBron could go off and it still wouldn't or could may not be enough is what I should say. May not be enough. Even if LeBron is able to summon this, you know, four-year time machine type of performance. Because the other thing we're, we're discounting is, man, these uh, and you you spoke about them as they related to concussion protocol, but the schedule is on their back right now. Like, did you see the look in the Lakers' eyes last night when they couldn't catch up? I mean, and they were fighting. They were there to fight. You know, they, I thought they, they were gonna. I thought they were gonna win the game in the second quarter when LeBron was hitting all them damn threes. I thought it was like I yeah. was like, oh, it's cooked, it's done. They want it now. But even even that is telling, right? Like Le- LeBron at at this stage, when these games start stacking up in this small amount of time, the damage is coming from out there versus always being on top of the rim and and cratering your defense. You know what I mean? He had some moments. Like that slash, you know, put back dunk on on Clay, you know, and he was in there shaking off three defenders and and big body Draymond. Like he had his moments, but at the point in the career where he's at, with these games coming as quick as they are, you know, that's that's it's not conducive to LeBron just putting a team on his back and 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 scoring forty five and riding off into the sunset the way it was five, six, seven years ago. And so, yes. They need Anthony Davis, and and if they don't have him, LeBron could still be really, really good offensively, and they could still wind up back in Golden State for Game 7. Raja, what is the difference between going to a Game 6 at home against the Grizzlies and going against uh, going against the Warriors at Game 6 at home for the, the from the Lakers' point of view? I mean, you start with just Steph Curry, you know, Klay Thompson. you got multiple guys that could give you the game. Like, you know, I know Ja can give you the game, but you have more people on Golden State that could give you the game, which means they shoot it and go like, you know, nine for 15 from three. And, and they're, you know, it, it just catapults them to a level of offense that you can't keep up with. And then from there, we'll just talk about like championship pedigree. Like this isn't a team that is trying to figure out how to do this. This is a team that has done this for, Years and years and years. They've been in a lot of situations. I think the last time they came down 3-1 was Oklahoma City. 
Was that what year yep. was that? 16. Was it 16? 2016, yeah. That was the yeah. That was the clay game. Uh the the yeah. first clay game six game series. Right, but then they turned around and 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 fumbled the bag to the to the Cavs that year. But the point is, like they 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 have a level of of polish and a level of of experience that is very very it's very very scary when you when you're talking about having to close them out and it 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 would it would just behoove you if you were the Lakers to come out there and really take care of the ball number 1 and execute the shit out of what you want to do there's not a lot of room in this next game for the Lakers to be off of the game plan like these games are critical for you to come out and operate well in the spaces that you've been asked to operate well in. You know what I mean? Like off script can happen, Logan. We can make these mistakes, but this has to be a level of dialed in. When you go to bed at night, like I would go to bed at night in a situation like this, r- repeating in my head what my job was, running running those scenarios over in my head, visualizing them. I shit you not. I do it the night before the game, whatever that assignment was. And then, you know, we do it and shoot around and I come back and before my pregame nap, I go to sleep, almost chanting it to myself and visualizing it in my head again. So that when I got in there and I saw it for the first time, second time, third time, I've been there already. That's done. Now you're not going to get it right every time, but you want to be as close to perfect on execution of game plan against a Golden State team that's as experienced and has the weapons that they do because you don't want to have to go back to, to Chase Center. Let's go with predictions really quickly to close out this segment. I've been pretty, we've been pretty good on our predictions. I mean, we like Have last we? night. La- yeah, no, because last night, last night didn't count because we were going for game four. We both picked the Lakers. Lakers won. All right. All right. I'm going to go. Hey, man, I just want chaos. I'm going to go with the Warriors to go win game six. Bro. Who you got wrong. Um, I'm going to go with you, though. And I don't, I mean, I'm going to go with you. We've been I agreeing. Don't... Hey, hey, hold on real quick. We've been agreeing too much. I just have to say this for the record. Hey, Raja, fuck you. All right, go ahead. I just have to say that so I just have to say that so people don't think we agree all the time. We've agreed a lot lately, and I don't. I just had to just get that out there. So fuck you, Roger. What is your um, heavily mutual, my bro? Um, but no, here's here's the deal. I, I don't know what I'm going to get out of AD, even if he's even if he's not concussed, and mm-hmm. and like you know you don't know. Well, I. mean, I just feel like they had an opportunity last night with Golden State not shooting the ball well. You know, like in Golden State handled their business. I'm the Lakers, I don't think fumbled the bag. Golden State, they, they showed why they're champions. They could do it in multiple ways. But, but this was the game you had to felt, get, bro. This was the game. That was the game. And so I worry about it. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Golden State too, man. Ayo. If that happens, game seven at Chase will be epic. Mm. Will be epic. Let's take a quick break. We're gonna go back east. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man. I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. 
But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. The NBA playoffs are in full swing, and you can turn crossovers into cash with FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA right now and place a $5 bet, and you'll get an instant $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. I'm a little on the fence with my picks this week. I think I'm going to take the Sixers to win the series against the Celtics tonight, and I think that the Suns are going to extend the series against the Nuggets. Let's do it. There's no better place to bet on all playoff action than America's number one sports book. Just go to FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA and sign up to get $150 in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gamblinghelpma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.fanduel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 Arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT-INDIANA 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia. All right, Ra. I want to talk Celtic Sixers. The compl- the 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 tenor of the series has completely been turned upside down. Bro. <laughs> Since the last time we potted. I don't know what the hell is going on. Mm. Okay, I think the, I don't. We potted what Monday, and then since that happened, the fucking Sixers systematically demolished the Celtics in Boston. Joel Embiid played like an MVP, just could completely controlled the game. The Philadelphia 76ers are in prime position to close out this series tonight. Raja, what are your thoughts? I don't. I don't mean this in any disrespectful way to anyone on the Sixers. I just thought that Boston was the better overall team. I I felt like that. Um, I thought it kind of played itself out through the regular season. I thought they were were deeper. I thought this would be a problem defensively for for Philly more so than it was going to be a problem for Boston to figure out Philly defensively. And I was wrong. I, I was wrong. Philly has just... You know, stuck to stuck to the game plan. They're out there in space, like 
out there screening for James Harden. Just as he crosses half court, they're springing him with the screen. Now you've got Joel Embiid on this short roll to around the free throw line. Boston has not figured out how to handle that yet. I was wrong. And I think, I think my gut says Philly wins it tonight at home. And that place is going to be electric. Yeah, I just didn't see that coming, man. I didn't see you getting, you know, a zero ball from Al Horford and a seven from Derek White and, you know, nothing of Malcolm Brogdon with the seven at home. I, you know, I always talk about those when those guys go on the road, you know, but, and then conversely, I mean, you know, Maxie's got a 30 ball and, and, and Daniel House Jr. chipped in with 10, like on the road. And so when that happens and you get beat, in every real shooting percentage, you know, like you're going to lose. And so kudos to Philly shout out. Like, and here's the, here's the last thing. Cause I, I mean, I don't have a full breakdown of it, but you know, I think you're seeing a team to some degree that, and we wondered if this would happen. Right. And we gave Joe Masula a lot of credit and deservedly. So, but if you remember way back, and we talked about would this be a thing? And I said at some point it, it becomes one. At some point, yep. at some point, and it might not be when everything's it's usually not when everything is, you know, going well. It's usually when we're in a critical situation, feet to the fire, we're in this huddle, everyone's looking around, everyone wants to see the look in the coach's eyes to assure them, yo, we got this. What's the plan? Here's the plan. Yep. Like and while I'm not in that huddle. And I don't know that that's not happening. I've seen some slippage from them, you know, down the stretch in games, just looking like they don't understand the severity of the moment. Like we've, we've had these conversations. And so I have to, I have to, you know, give some credence to that as well. Maybe there's just a little bit of a bit of a slippage with the first year head coach. This part of the think conversation is very nuanced, right? Because Joe Mazzula, rightfully so, is getting his criticism Right. But I think people are forgetting, and I've said this on the pod a lot, that those players, specifically the stars on that Celtics team, had a lot of affinity for MA Udoka. A lot. And were blindsided when he was placed on leave, dismissed, however you want to call it. They were blindsided. And right. take away everything that happened leading up to why he was blind, why he was dismissed. Think about it from a player level where this coach is someone you guys believe in. And you guys just went to the finals with this guy. Yeah. And are expecting to go back to the finals with this guy because you trust him. And then he gets dismissed. And you're having to learn on the fly not only a new person, a new coach in Joe Mazzula, but a new philosophy. Joe Mazzula Joe is all of a sudden saying, no, we're an offensive first team. We're going to go with the offense, right? After yeah. years and years of being defensive stalwarts and being one of the best defensive teams in the leagues year in and year out. No, we're going to go prioritize offense. And then on top of that, where M.A. Udoka is a guy that calls a lot of timeouts and really, like, takes control of the game, right? Also calls people out. You have Joe Mazzula, who 
lets guys play through their mistakes, which has been a tried and true thing. Phil Jackson was the king of that, right? Like that's not a bad necessarily necessarily bad philosophy on things. Coaches let guys play through their mistakes all the time and don't call timeouts to save them. But right. at this point, this is like to your point, this is where you figure out if you trust this guy or not. And I don't know if the 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 and I don't even think it's Joe's fault necessarily, but I don't know if the guys trust him as a coach right now because of all of the things I just described to you. A lot of that is out of Joe's control, right? That's, I think, what we're seeing right now with this Boston Celtics group. Yeah, no, I think that was very well put. And this this isn't, you know, and I don't mean to come off like, I don't think Joe Masul is capable at all. I think there were a lot of the circumstances of of him gaining the reins there in Boston, um, not having. See, they're. Not, I want to make sure I get this right. Like throughout the course of a season, like an NBA coach, I don't mean to to marginalize what they do, um, but sometimes that thing can kind of run itself a little bit. Like through the course of eighty two, right? Like it, it you're, you're working. But it's it's you know it's it's it could be boilerplate in some instances. While there are different game scouts and different things we want to do from night to night, like we might not always be put in the fire in these pressure cooker situations late in games. You know, down three minute and a half. How are we going to execute up four two and a half minutes? What do we want to do? You know, like you're you're not always working through those things with your team situationally, right? And that's really right. where that's really where guys you know separate themselves in the adjustments of, of critical games and, and, you know, Hey, we're going to flip out of this fucking man to man real quick. And we're going to run this high three, two zone, or, you know, we're not trapping now we're going, we're pushing up high. We're getting under, like we're making these calls on the fly and they don't always present themselves through the course of a regular season a lot. And for guys to be familiar with your philosophy and, and comfortable with what your calls are, there's got to be some familiarity there. There's got to be some 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 background. There's got to be some sample size, and they just didn't have that in a way, right? And so when 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 you're in these situations now, whether whether we think they're sound coaching practices or not, or besides is besides the point. Sometimes it's it's just a little foreign for guys that may be used to getting something else, and that doesn't mean that they don't want to do what you're saying, but it's just not the most comfortable space. They've been operating in another space for the last two years. And again, in, in NBA games, when you're when you're talking about a three point game, a four point game, you know these are these are just slight trust issues or slight non capitulation to what's going on there. Like these are just I'm holding on to this 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 feeling about it, and I haven't submitted all the way to your philosophy, and that cost us a bucket. And I was oh man, it was my fault. And and it's as it's as it's as nuanced as that, and it, it could be as. It could be as simple as, hey, this is a new voice with not enough time to really be in these situations, and there's not a complete trust factor there right now. I don't know though, but yeah. I have to I have to watch it, Logan, if I'm being fair and say that I have some of at least some of what's going on has to do with something like that. And also, like, you gotta realize, man, not talking to you, Roger, but like the audience. Like, Joe Mazzula is still going through the trials and tribulations of a first year head coach that all first year head coaches are going through. I'm thinking about, mm. you know, the the um the game, the loss that the Celtics had in Houston earlier this season where Jalen Brown is cooking, 
but you give it to Jason Tatum for the for the the game winner, and then that in turn, you know, makes the other guy roll some eyes. And I'm talking about Jalen Brown, right? Like I fucking put this team on my back, and I'm not getting rewarded for it, right? Um, right. But like that's that's something that can be easily fixed. But when those things get compounded with a team that has championship aspirations that's when you get into a little bit of murky grounds. And that's why it's so hard, to, especially for a first-year coach, to inherit a championship-aspiring type team, which the Boston Celtics are, right? And Missoula, it's not like he hasn't been around. He's been an assistant for uh, a Celtics assistant for a few years now, but it's different when you're in that big chair. It's way different when you're making the decisions for everybody, right? And that's yeah. that's what's going on right now. And then you're going against a team like the Sixers, with the veteran coach and Doc Rivers and two guys with something to prove and Joel Embiid and um and James Harden, you it's 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 just a hard time right now because everybody's figuring out a new normal in front of the world. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but I guess that'll lead into my prediction, Roger. I think I'm going with the Sixers to close this out tonight. I mean, I'd like to say that that Boston has a heart of a champion and you're going to get great performances from Jalen and 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 Jason Tatum and but I'm going with the Sixers too, man. I'm going with the I'm going with the 76ers. That place is going to be bananas. Um, there's going to be some energy in that building, and I think you get a Joel Embiid game. Sounds sounds about right. Let's take it to the West Coast in your old stomping ground, Sky Harbor. I think you're welcome. Mm. I don't know. You're probably welcome mm. in the pre-J uh, lot mm. of Sky Harbor. I'm going to Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the this matchup with the Suns Nuggets. So we're going into uh game six at uh for Suns Nuggets in Phoenix. Chris Paul has been ruled out. DeAndre Aiden is questionable. Um it's gonna be interesting, man, because huh. I, I think Phoenix can pull this out and force a game seven, but I just don't know if they have enough to win this series because the role players play really well at home. But it never, yeah. it's never able to carry at Denver. But I think this is one of those games. Katie's going to show out. He's going to score big, and so will Devin Booker. It's just an interesting series, man, because it feels like if, like Phoenix had home court advantage, they'd probably win this series just because of just they win all home games. The Nuggets are weird, man. They're so weird because they yeah. they they have an all world guy, and I think that what it boils down to with Denver is that they have an all world guy in Jokic. And they have a Jamal Murray, really, really good player. But is he tier one? No. And that's the, I think that's always the difference when you put it put, when you when you put it into perspective, right? Like, say you put, and this is obviously this is the wild thought to even consider. But say you swap Jamal Murray for like KD or whatever, completely different team for the Nuggets, obviously, right? Because a Hall of Famer. But that's the, what I'm talking about. Like Jamal Murray is a great player, but it just, and that's the that's the argument. It's like the Chris Middleton argument right now, mm -hmm. Roger, with the Nuggets, and that's what gives me like I think that's the reason why I don't always show them the respect that they deserve because I just don't see Jamal as like the top tierest of guys. Not to say he's not balling, not to say he's not killing it, not to say that his return from that injury, that ACL injury isn't so impressive, but that's the conundrum that I see with this team is that Jokic is good, but 
the rest of the team can't match that or even get close to that, Roger. Here's the problem with, with that argument, although there is some fact to it. I wouldn't say Jamal Murray right now is a number one type of player, and I think the Suns have two of them. I think that Denver has more of the next tier of player. And, you know, they, they're they a little deeper and they're more dialed into what they want to do because they did this together for a while now. And I think if anyone travels, I do think Jamal is going to be good tonight. He's a big game kind of guy. He, he, he showed Definitely. me that. I think he'll be good. The Joker will be good. And the question for Phoenix, or better, the question for Denver would be, does anyone else travel with them? Does Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. travel? Does Aaron Gordon travel? Does Contavious Caldwell-Pope travel? Are they going to be able to chip in? Not just travel and do your job defensively. There's got to be offensive output. Does Bruce, does Bruce Brown, who had 20 and change in Denver, you know, good player, but classic, like he's going to play much better at home than on the road. Does he travel offensively? Or is it going to be, you know, the 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 supplemental players from Phoenix that hold the upper hand with the Landry Shamits and company? And that's I think that's what it's going to boil down to tonight. And you know, pick wise, uh, I probably I probably lean Suns, probably lean Suns, um, but it's going to be a tough one. It could go either way because if any of those if any of those guys don't show up in a way. You know, it's going to swing the balance of that game in that in that team's in the other team's favor. So I, I I'm going to look for all supporting cast. Who's got the most guys coming with them tonight? I got book locked in, I got KD locked in, um, and same for Jokic and Murray. And then who who do we who shows up around them? I'm going with the Suns, but I'm going with the Nuggets to win the series. I just also I said everything I said about Jamal Murray and the tears and stuff like that. There was ever a year for the Nuggets to go sneak in and win a title. This is the year. You better better get it done this year. This is it. That's 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 the feeling that I'm getting right now. <laughs> that's with the, the way the that's NBA the is the setting street. up. You know, when Giannis is out, when Giannis yeah. is out in the Eastern Conference, right, and and the Celtics might not be there, right. I think this is the this is the year. If you get a good matchup, yeah. Well, we've said that for a while. This is this is the year. Everybody's got their flaws. Everybody looks vulnerable. Everybody's been in in a situation where you're like, how the hell did they get there? You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's, it is, it is wide open. Um, and I would take Denver too, if it winds up, if it winds up going seven, I like, I like Phoenix tonight. I like Phoenix tonight, but I wouldn't be surprised, but I like Phoenix tonight. Let's get to a little segment. We like to call real one of the week. Mm-hmm. You know what, man? I'm going to give it to Nikola Jokic because he, we we defended him on this on this on on this program last episode uh, about his uh, little kerfuffle ish little disagreement yeah. with uh, with the Suns owner, and then he made light of it the next game. That was great, you know what I mean? Yeah, they were all good. This is the NBA. Good shit, Nicola. Real one of the week. Who's your real one of the week, Ra? I'm gonna give up a, a real one of the week to a group of people right now. Um, NCAA college football recruiting people. That's this is one of their most active times a year. They are at every school in South Florida every day. This the grind has to be incredible. I mean, these cats are at four and five schools a day, and then 
I mean, I'm assuming they get in their car and bump up to somewhere else in Florida and they do that again tomorrow. And then they bump in there. You know what I mean? Like this is a daily for them where they're at, you know, five high schools a day in the Metro Miami and Fort Lauderdale area. Then they're in Tampa and it's gotta be a grind. Um, but they're making kids dreams come true. They're out there hustling. They're, they're building teams, but it's gotta be a grind. And I respect that. And so that's, they're the real ones. Getting that mileage up, bro. There's yep. nobody that, that, that that travels more than a recruiting coordinator <laughs> in T1 mm. sports. Real ones. Um, Real ones. All right, man. That was our, our Thursday edition of Real Ones. Um, should be a great weekend slate of games. I can't wait to get back on Monday, dog. It's going to be a whole different landscape <laughs> in the NBA. Conference yeah. finals on the way. Uh, talk to you guys soon, man. Tap in. Holla. Ah, all the shits. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.